and welcome to 30 Days of Terror, day 27. How you do? This is officially the 27 Club. Uh, oh, don't say that. <laughs> That's alarming. I've been going back through all of our old episodes and making sure that all of the links to the sources are accurate and correct. I, it was not good for my ego because I listened to them and I was like, wow, we've come a long way. Come a long, long way together. We need to stop singing. <laughs> My voice is amazing. People. Your voice is stunning, but I think that people will be so in awe of both your voice and our voice that if we keep doing it, they'll just be riddled with jealousy. Okay, that's fair. If I'm going to save someone from a jealous rage, I'll stop. So our first story today comes from Mike. I believe I'm more sensitive to the spiritual world. Having said that, I very rarely experience something truly paranormal that I couldn't explain away through other factors of my environment at that time. Stress, sleep deprivation, or just general spookiness of the situation and my willingness to look for and accept paranormal possibilities. However, the investigator in me will always look for hard proof. I met my now wife in 2006. I knew from the off that she was special and wasted no time in asking her to be my wife before male pattern baldness took a hold of me. We married in 2009 at quite a young age and enjoyed our early years together while we were free of any real responsibilities. In 2010 we honeymooned in Mexico. We were lucky enough to be upgraded to a luxury hotel and spent our first week indulging in all the treats Mexico had to offer. After a week or so, my wife woke me up in the early hours in an emotional state. She told me that she'd had a dream about her dad. Side note at this point, her dad really isn't a nice guy and the relationship they had wasn't that of a normal father-daughter. They spoke infrequently and were not close. They hadn't been in years, due in no small part to his personality traits. She told me that in her dream her dad was speaking to her. He was crying and told her that his dad, her grandfather, had passed away. Again, her dad isn't a man who shows emotion. I told her it was just a dream and to go back to sleep trying my best to calm her down. In the morning, she took her phone from the safe in the room. It was switched off, as it was before the days of WhatsApp, and using her phone abroad was bloody expensive. She switched it on, and up popped a message from her dad. He asked how her honeymoon was, and when we would be home. Strange coincidence, I thought, but nothing more. My wife knew otherwise. She knew why he'd messaged. When we returned home a week later, she spoke with her dad, who told her that her grandfather had indeed passed away on the day that she had had that dream. She wasn't close to either man, but the nature of it all just felt real. This wasn't the first time in her life that she'd had this kind of experience. She'd told me similar stories in the past of family members who'd passed on coming to her in dreams, or sometimes when she'd waken. But this was the first time that I had experienced it firsthand, so to speak. I wasn't freaked out, but I was intrigued by how she could have this foresight. 
Some years later, still pre-kids, we were in our old house when again in the early hours she woke me up and said John told me to wake Michael, tell Michael. Again, side note, my wife is an active dreamer, often rambling. One time I woke to her laughing maniacally and singing It Only Takes a Minute Girl by Take That. (laughs) We discovered in the morning that she'd been dreaming that she was in a karaoke bar with her friends and one of them was breakdancing like Jason Orange, hence the laughter. But anyway, I digress. I can't explain why, but I was overcome by emotion. I'm not afraid to cry. You'll often find me shedding a tear to dog charity adverts after one whiskey too many. But this was different. I just lost control of my emotions and sobbed like a small child. John was my granddad. His real name was Ivan. He was an Eastern European immigrant with a stern and imposing demeanour. Known to everyone as John. As at the time he moved to England, it was easier to assume an English name. He passed when I was nine. And me being a shy child, I always felt that I never had the chance to know him. My other friends all had grandparents who were what I thought grandparents should be. Warm, welcoming and the givers of pound coins. I guess I'd always felt regret or sadness that I'd never had a relationship with him. What I felt that night was akin to an outpouring of grief. I hadn't been able to cry when he passed. I guess I just hadn't understood or been able to deal with the loss at that time and pushed it somewhere deep in my subconscious. We never got to the bottom of the message or why he wanted to wake me. But that night I had felt so close to him. I don't know if it was the stresses of whatever I was dealing with in my life at that time or the surprise of being woken to such an event. But I felt that it was a message from him, however brief, and that she was a conduit. I have a tattoo on my arm of a robin within a pentagram. Robins are thought of in spiritual teachings as a sign of loved ones watching over us. Or just a really common British garden bird, depending on which side of the fence you sit on. I'd recently had the tattoo done prior to the event. I don't know if that fed into both of our subconscious and created the event. However, we had never really discussed my granddad at great length. And past experiences told me that this was genuine. I've given a lot of thought to my wife's gift, and I do believe that it's a gift and what the possible explanations could be. It could be premonitions. Time is often thought of as a straight line, but as I'm sure you've read and heard, like me, many theorise that it's more of a fluctuating line that allows some people to experience events before they happen for the rest of us. However, this doesn't exactly fit my wife's particular experiences. History is full of examples of premonitions, so maybe there is some truth to this theory. When she's sleeping, is she more susceptible to seeing those things that have passed or are yet to come? Again, this could be the intricate workings of the brain that we just don't have the tools to understand yet. Are they messages from the other side? However you choose to describe it, she encounters messages and people who are no longer with us. That bit I can't explain. Coincidence just doesn't go far enough for me. 
For me, it's a gift of conversing with the spirits. I can't explain how, but it's something she is in tune with that most people aren't. There are many more examples of her experiences and situations that I just can't explain. Her grandmother has always said that they're Irish tinkers. That's her words. Obviously, there are strong links between traditional Irish travellers and spiritual abilities. Now, I'm not saying that's the answer, but to a lesser degree, her mum has the same premonitions and feelings. I do feel that maybe there's something in her family that allows this activity to occur. My wife has real integrity. She works with vulnerable people and has a real passion for helping others. While I do often call her a drama queen, there's no way she would exaggerate or falsify any of her experiences. She doesn't welcome this ability, if anything she's fearful of it, not wanting to see things that would leave her unnerved. She has met with people over the years who share her spirituality. They're instantly drawn to her, talking about spirit guides and developing her gift. She doesn't want to explore it because she's afraid of where it would lead her. I think she prefers the relative unknown. How else do you explain it other than the gift? Answers on a postcard. I feel your pain with the pattern boredness, by the way. Um, <laughs> mine's just starting to kick in. Um... I've said this loads of times and I think there's I think that dreams are a conduit for knowing not always we do just have random dreams about nothing but I do think they're used by the universe to tell us things at times I mean if you choose to believe that people have a gift of speaking to the dead which lots of people seem to have it I've spoken about this before but we had a psychic I had a psychic reading on Patreon and the psychic said that the reason people come to you in your dreams is because they know you're not ready to see them in your waking world. So actually the dream is an easier place to be able to see them. So Glad you're not ready. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for that. Yeah, I, I am a strong believer in that. I think there's, and you know, weigh this, take this term that I'm about to use with your own thoughts and beliefs, but that I think there's evidence in first people and ancient religions to suggest that dreams are more powerful than we think. And our second story today comes from Emily. I was born and raised in Savannah. The house I grew up in is definitely haunted. My mother and I both had multiple experiences over the 12 years that we lived there. My dad was a police officer at the time, so he was often at work. There were the usual creepy things like TVs and lights turning off and on, on their own, but that was just the beginning. The way our house was laid out, all of the bedrooms were on one side with the kitchen and garage on the other separated by the foyer, living room and formal dining room. As a kid, I would always get hungry in the middle of the night, so I'd have to cross the whole house to get a snack. It always felt like I had to run as fast as I could past the dining room as if there was someone or something waiting in there in the darkness. My heart would race and I'd feel full of dread. It wasn't until years later that my mom would confirm she had the same uneasy feelings about that one room, making sure not to even look over there at night if she didn't have to. She claims that one night when she was in bed, she heard what she thought was me calling for her out of the living room but she knew I wasn't home. 
She was creeped out but she just closed her bedroom door and tried to fall asleep. Moments later she heard a man's voice, so loud as if it was right in her ear, shout Mom! She was so scared and thought it meant that something had happened to me. But when she called I was in my dorm asleep. Needless to say she got no sleep that night. One morning when I was probably 14 I came out of my room for breakfast. As I turned into the hallway that had a clear view of the windows and the breakfast area in our kitchen, I froze. I could see someone dressed in what looked like a bathrobe standing in front of the window looking out. I thought it had to be my mom, so I slowly walked towards it and started talking about making coffee. At that moment, I heard my mom start talking behind me in her room. When I turned to look back at the kitchen, the person was gone. Apart from our dog, we were the only ones in the house. There was another night when I was packing for a trip. It was very late and I'd been all over the house doing laundry and packing and was accompanied by my dog Zoe. While we were in the kitchen, I hear her behind me, growling like I've never heard her growl before. I turn and see her crouched, the hair on her back raised and teeth bared staring at the door to the garage. I try to call her down, but it's like she can't hear me. I go between her and the door, and it's then that I hear it. There's a sound of feet shuffling on concrete, and it's right on the other side of the door, which is locked. Immediately assuming someone was trying to break in, I run down the hallway to wake my parents. Zoe was still standing there when they came in, and the sound had stopped. One summer afternoon, my parents were out on the back porch enjoying the warm weather as they usually did on weekends. All of a sudden, my mom tells my dad to turn down the music because she thought she heard someone talking in the house. I was away at college, but they had friends in the neighbourhood and it wouldn't have been unusual for them to stop by for a visit and let themselves in. When the music was off, they could both clearly hear a man and a woman having a conversation, but couldn't quite make out the words. My dad, being a cop, immediately went inside to see who it was. Nothing. He heard no one inside, and no one was in in the front or in our driveway. So he came back out to my mom. As soon as they turned the radio back up, more talking. It was loud, but they were still unable to make out the words. They just listened for a few minutes and then it stopped. They figured it must be some kids walking by outside and it was nothing to worry about. A few more moments passed and there it was again, except louder, like they were definitely in the house. At this point, my dad was angry and ready to confront someone who it seemed had just walked into our home. He grabbed his gun off the kitchen table and started going through the house room by room. Of course he found nothing, but my mom said she heard the voices the entire time that he was inside. She said that he was visibly nervous about the whole incident, it being the first and only time he had ever experienced anything. But for her, it was just another day in our haunted house. For the longest time, we never understood how our house could be haunted, because we built it, and there had been nothing on the property prior to that. However, while we were in the process of selling, we learned that the man who owned the lot before had died there while tending to the land, 
and he was known in the neighbourhood as a hateful man who hated children especially. After he died, the property was owned by the city, so we just never knew anything about him. Lots of little hijibius, which is a new word. Hijibius, I like that. <laughs> hijibius events happening there. And again, I don't know if you've retained this information from the, the other episode, but it's Savannah, which I told you before is notoriously haunted. Do you remember? Oh yes, and I went, according to who? Yeah. And then you said... Well, actually, I think it's got like a label of being the most haunted city in America. Yes, I do remember. I recall. So it's another little set of stories about creepy guns on in Savannah. Uh, The bathrobe story intrigued me the most. Yeah. So we have, I don't know if we've had a bathrobe ghost yet. No, it's not a shell suit yet, but we're getting there. We're getting closer to a shell suit. Yeah. I think it's just that normality of seeing someone in a bathrobe in a house. I think 14-year-old me probably would have assumed that was my parent until I realised it wasn't. Then I would have cried myself to sleep for about a year. You'd still be crying yourself to sleep. I'd still be crying about it now, to be honest. You'd never hear the end of it. We would have done 16 episodes on it. Six. Unpacking. <laughs> Bathrobe ghost. <laughs> Episode four. <laughs> Unpacking. Wow, it's traumatised me. And our last story today comes from Angela. A couple of episodes ago, you asked if anyone has had children who recalled certain traumas that happened while pregnant. I do have a couple of situations of this. One happened while pregnant and the other did not. However, it's the same kind of story. I'll let you decide what to make of them because I have no clue. The first one happened while I was pregnant with my eldest son. My ex-husband broke his back when I was around three months pregnant. Years later, we would hardly talk about the event because it was just a little blip in time. Out of nowhere, my son said, Daddy broke his back when I was in your tummy. I asked him who told him that, and he just said, The dark man told me. I had no idea what he meant by that, and I still don't know to this day. Now, mind you, he was three or so, and was never directly told the story. We just choked it up to him possibly overhearing it one day and left it at that. Now many, many years later I have another son, who at this time was also about three. My mother and I went and got our hair done, and my son was not with us. We were talking to the stylist about how, when I was a baby, I drank an old bottle of milk and got salmonella poisoning. We went on about how sick I was and how I almost died. The next morning I'm laying in my bed and my son just randomly says Mommy, when you were a baby you drank an old baba. Dumbfounded, I said Yes, I did and what happened after that? He said, well you got sick. I asked him how he knew that and could never get a definitive answer from him. When I was younger I was always sensitive to what I would say were spirits. I could feel a presence enter the room It feels like the sound an old TV makes when it's on but not playing anything, like a static electricity. And when it left, I felt like the sound the TV would make when it turns off. I know that probably doesn't make sense, but it's the best way I can describe it. When I was in second grade, my brother's friend suddenly died. Shortly after his funeral, when we were home, 
I was playing with my dollhouse and I felt someone staring at me. Thinking it was my brother trying to scare me, I said, Nice try, Nello, and turned around. Only it wasn't my brother, but his friend who had just passed away. I wasn't scared, nor was I particularly happy to see him. When he was alive, he and my brother would always tease me, so I just shrugged it off and continued to play at my dollhouse. As I got older, the static became less and less, until I could no longer sense any kind of presence. However, my love for the paranormal continued to grow. My brother and I shared this passion, and would often search for haunted places nearby and go investigate with our friends. We ended up moving to a house that I just knew was haunted. I would often hear footsteps and other weird noises. On quite a few occasions I would be sitting in the computer room and hear what I assumed was my brother leave his room, walk past the room I was in, into the bathroom and turn on the water, but I would never hear him return. I would get up having to use the bathroom myself to see what was taking so long and the bathroom would be empty. I cannot count the amount of times that this happened. Years later I was pregnant with my second child. I switched rooms with my dad to be closer to my son's room. At this time my husband was sleeping on the couch because I was just too uncomfortable with him in the bed. I always stayed afraid of the dark. So when he was not in the room with me I would leave the TV on to have some light. One particular morning I woke up around the time the sun had started to rise. I could see very clearly in my room and saw a man standing in front of my door. I assumed it was my husband getting out of the shower and coming in to find some clothes, so I thought nothing of it and just laid my head back down. I waited to fall back asleep until after he left so I would not be woken again, only I heard no movement. Was he just standing there watching me sleep, I thought, so I looked up and he was still there. I was starting to get irritated at this point because number one I was tired and number two I was super pregnant and super uncomfortable. He still didn't move. I look again and he was still there and this time I sat up to ask him what the fuck he was doing and just as I got to what the fuck he disappeared. And I'm not saying he just vanished I mean I watched him fade away until I was only looking at my door. Again, I wasn't scared. I felt no threat. I just laid back down and went to sleep. The next day, I told my brother about it, because he was the only person in the world that I knew would believe me. He did not. I was shocked and offended that he would think that I would make something like that up, let alone try to pull one over on him. Shortly after, my husband and I moved down to Austin to help his dying father. My brother ended up moving into my bedroom since it was the master bedroom and it was now his turn to have the big room. One day my brother called me. This would never happen. He would either text or just not communicate at all until I came to visit. I answered and said, hey, what's up? The only words out of his mouth were, I believe you now. Let's talk about the children first. We know that toddlers are taking way more than we give them credit for, right? So there is logic would suggest that they could have known these things. However, who is the dot man? 
And why, why was he speaking to the dark man as a fetus? Is the dark man who was in your bedroom watching you sleep when you were pregnant? And does that mean that when you were asleep, he was coming up and talking to your pregnant belly? Oh, that's horrific. But you don't know, do you? That's... No, I don't know. But that's, that is really scary. Nevertheless, he that child could have just overheard that from someone else. Yeah, I'm... and she did say that, you know, he could yeah. have just overheard it. But I do think it's very bizarre that he said, oh, the dark man told mm. me. Mm. Yeah, that's very bizarre. But the other child, I don't know how he knew that. And the thing is as well, like how often do you spend... Why, why would you be... I do understand what she what she meant when she said we didn't really talk about it because it was just a blip in time. Yeah. Like if he, if he had gone on and recovered, there would be no need to continue having that conversation years and years yeah, later. Yeah, pretty much like with my dad. So obviously he broke his back. None of yeah. us were in the womb. But it's not something that we talk about all the time because actually, thank, thank the Lord, he's you know, healed up and... Didn't you know when it happened? Yeah. Which is very weird. Yeah. I am... Um... He was in a seat at a friend's house and I came in and the first thing I said to him was, you've broken your back, haven't you? And I was correct. But I don't know how I knew. I said at the time it was because he had a hole in his sock, which is obviously like a symptom of a broken back. A well-known symptom. (laughs) That's what they do in A&E. They're like, do you have a hole in your sock? No, phew. You should be fine. Get up and walk around. Why in your logical child brain did him having a hole in his sock? I don't know. And I wasn't a young child at this. Well, I was young enough, but I wasn't like toddler age. So it wasn't, uh, that was just, you know, my brain's always made weird leaps, as you probably know, because you've listened to this podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry about saying it about the dark man speaking to your pregnant belly. Yeah, I feel a bit... I just have this vision of her being asleep and this shadow figure, like, cupping her pregnant belly and whispering to it, and that is traumatising, to be honest. Sorry to make it more traumatising. Of all the things to have a conversation with a fetus about, telling them that that dad has broken his back is a bit of a random bit of information to pass on, isn't it? Yeah. So weird. If you enjoyed today's episode... Please go on to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com where you can find everything that you need to know about us, including our social media, including our email address where you can send your stories to and the link to our Patreon, which is where you can get extra content for either $2 or $5 a month. Don't forget to donate to Out of the Woods Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation if you are able to do so. The links to everything you need are in the description of this episode. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.
There are many more examples of her experiences and situations that I just can't explain. Her grand... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to get out there, babe. <laughs> <laughs> 